Welcome to Running on Ice, the coolest community in freight. I'm your host, Mary O'Connell, bringing you the latest tech updates, warehouse news, and everything that's happening in the cold chain world. Not only is there the coolest show in freight, there is also Running on Ice, the newsletter that could not be colder. You can subscribe to that on freightwaves.com slash running on ice. Before we get into our guest interview, let's get into some headlines. Axiom Cloud, a refrigeration software company, has raised $7.4 million of Series A financing to help scale operations to meet market demand for the refrigeration software. In total, Axios has raised $11.6 million since 2020. In low margin businesses like grocery stores and cold storage, refrigeration is basically the whole ball game for energy, maintenance, uptime, and sustainability. And there's a lot of opportunity for improvement that Axiom is looking to have the answers to. They are a true win-win. Energy costs decrease, sustainability goals become easier to achieve, saving money and the planet. What else could you ask for? Here they grow again. FlexCold, a leader in revolutionizing cold storage warehousing, announced plans to open a second cold storage facility in Charleston, South Carolina. The new facility is planned to be operational by late 20 by late summer of 2024. The new facility plan for Charleston represents a $50 million total investment and will be strategically located within 30 minutes of the Port of Charleston, offering a significant benefit to its customers and the overall supply chain. Operationally, this facility will support critical import and export businesses, specifically seafood, blast freezing, USDA and FDA inspections, as well as a range of other services. This planned facility will offer more than 30,000 pallet positions of cold storage space. Dolly Parton might soon be coming to your freezer aisle. I know it's a not something that you're going to expect to hear very often, but Dolly Parton, the legendary singer, philanthropist, icon, you name it, almost everyone's heard of her, has she's recently dabbled in the grocery store world in collaboration with Duncan Hines to make Southern-inspired cake mixes and most recently, brownies, cornbread, and biscuits. Up next could be the freezer section. Give her that first set of, given that her first set of grocery goods was a massive success, that dream of a Southern dish frozen food product might not be too off. Personally, I would love some Dolly Parton pot roast or chicken and dumplings straight from the freezer that I can heat up. It would be great. Today, we are joined by Mitch Mazzaro, Director of Temperature Controlled Solutions at Arrive Logistics. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, I'm kind of excited about this because I feel like this uh, this episode bridges the two worlds. So for those who might not know, I also host Check Call, the 3PL and Free Brokerage podcast. Um, and we have Running on Ice, obviously the cold storage podcast and show. Um, so this is kind of, we get to bring both worlds together and we get to kind of see how freight brokerage tackles temperature controlled solutions and temperature controlled moves. And for that, I'm very, very excited because it's the best of both worlds. It's truly just going to be the most magical episode there is. So before we get too far into it, uh, why don't you give us a little brief rundown of your background and um, kind of how Arrive fits within the cold the cold chain space? Sure. Um, I've actually been doing this since 2009. So i got a good 12 years or so under my belt. Um, started another large brokerage started with Arrive in 2016. So I've seen our growth and been here for a while. And I was tasked exclusively to build out our temperature control division. So um, 
trying to figure out how a rye fits in that space is it's ever changing. And we're always trying to keep up with what's happening out in the temperature controlled world. And as we keep getting bigger, how do we keep bringing more solutions to our shippers? How do we bring, keep delivering on time for our customers? You know, everything like that. So um, Reefer is no, you know, it's, like I said, it's always changing, but it's also, you know, like it's exciting. Um, and we keep, we keep sort of pushing the envelope when it comes to new solutions for our, for our customers. I like it because there's, um, I spent some, I spent some fair time in some brokerages myself and there always seemed to be like one or two, like the, like that's the guy you go to or gal that you go to that just handles the reefer stuff, the refrigerated stuff. Like don't mess with it. If it's not, it's like flatbed reefer and LTL. There's always like one to two guys that just like, they got it. Just go to that person. They'll, 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 they'll do what needs to be done, but it's not, it's not something that like, I've never really seen a broker just like, yeah, no, we specialize in this. We have these like solutions designed for our customers. I've never really seen that. It's just kind of a, Hey, can you guys, uh, you have a shipper that's like, can you just move this one really weird shipment for me? And you're like, yeah, uh uh-huh. Sure we can. And then like you hang up the phone and you go, guys, how are we going to do this? You're trying to figure it out on the backside. Yeah. No, I think that's, yeah. Um, I think that's very fair to say. Um, we definitely want to put everybody to arrive through some training if they're going to start moving temperature controlled freight. Um, we don't just let everybody do it. And <laughs> once people start to get a good handle on just how the freight brokerage works, then it's like, okay, let's start moving into some flatbeds. Let's start moving into some temperature controlled, like on an individual basis. Um, especially when you start hauling things that are perishable, produce, um, border crossings, like all that stuff can get very confusing very quickly. And you definitely don't want to be asking those questions while you're already in transit and make sure that you have those things buttoned up before, before you actually go and pick up the load. Yeah. Those, uh, some of those customs paperwork that happen for temperature controlled stuff. Um, you go from just like moving a couple cases of beer to like, more than that very quickly like there's not really like a slow ramp up it's just like no like one day you're moving beer the next day you have like a bunch of oranges that need to get there by a certain time otherwise they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna rot otherwise you're like no thanks these are they're not good anymore you're like yeah exactly it doesn't move the same as dry freight you know it's the industry is different the capacity is different it's just, it's kind of, it's, it's its own beast. Like that's why you kind of have to understand. I could not imagine coming in and having to, and having to learn transportation, learn how to be a broker and learn how to do temperature controls or any of the other specialty stuff right off the bat, because it's so much just to sit there and like understand, like it's I, after a year of working every day in dry van, there's still stuff that I learned that I was like, I'm sorry, what? Like someone was like, oh, I need a walking floor trailer. I was like, what is that? And it's just like something that will like automatically move it. And I was like, how have I been doing this this long? And I did not even know what that was. So it's just kind of those things, um, that, you know, you just learn by doing it. And unfortunately a lot of freight brokerages just throw into the fire and it'll be fine. (laughs) But 
I know that you guys do things a little differently over there. Um, you guys, you know, don't necessarily just throw people into the fire. You have a training program, et cetera, et cetera. So if it's day one of like, I've been, I'm not, not day one at arrive. I've been there for a minute. I'm pro at moving dry van freight, but today's day one of temperature controlled freight. What are the top three things that like freight brokers need to know when they're starting to work with temperature controlled freight? Like what are those do not pick up the phone until you have these answers? Yeah, I mean, anything you know about driving freight, just go ahead and throw it out the window because it's probably not relevant. But I would say the biggest things are understanding how the market shifts throughout the time of the year. You know, there's a lot of um, you know produce seasonality. You have everything that sort of plays into how capacity is available during that certain time of the year and in that region. And so, if you're not paying attention to or even predicting how the market is going to shift or when it's going to shift, then you're going to get stuck with maybe a load that you're not prepared for. You realize that your capacity is no longer there. So I think understanding how produce sort of moves through the country, because that is ultimately going to determine how the markets are going to be affected in those areas. Those produce markets, they go like it literally is like the like one day, nothing. The next day, <laughs> suddenly Farmer John is ready to harvest and you yeah. have and like and you have to have trucks there because if you're a week late, you're gone. Well, the produce isn't going to be good anymore, right? And so it's like when they're in harvest, when they're in season, like you can't miss pickups. You can't roll it to the next day. Like it has to be picked up. It has to be delivered. So I think the produce seasonality of it is is definitely huge. Uh, just your overall capacity, whether we're dealing in the tight markets or not, but there's more drive-in trailers on the road than there are reefer. So building those partnerships, finding those loads that are you know, your drivers actually want to haul that uh, they prefer the shippers, they like the receivers, you know, everything that goes just into uh, like a capacity standpoint, like there's just not that many trucks out there. So you have to be, get, be smarter with the trucks that are available for you. Um, building those relationships with dispatchers, building those relationships with drivers are super important. Yeah. And that's one of those where like, you know, cause you know, there are such fewer amount of refrigerated trucks and those refrigerator carriers that like, and that world is so, 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 so small that if you suddenly develop a reputation for being a little shady or, you know, just kind of being difficult to work with, well, suddenly it's going to get a lot harder for you to find some of that capacity. Yeah. It'll start to come back on you a little bit. Yeah. That's definitely one of those where you kind of have to um, know that everyone will know your business before long. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> so, um, what are some of those main factors that you kind of, you, you know, you need to know from a shipper or you need to tell a carrier, what are some of those main factors that in a temperature controlled shipment and kind of how do you even start to begin to teach, um, brokers to accommodate these temperature fluctuations or even to, you know, properly communicate the needs of a shipment, uh, to a carrier? Yeah. I mean, reefer units themselves nowadays are actually pretty smart. You know, they're taking the ambient temperature outside, they're doing the supply air they're doing the return air like they're doing every like the actual unit is doing what it needs to do to keep a temperature where it's supposed to be i think the biggest thing and the biggest problem that people will run into is that in general a reefer unit is not it's meant to maintain so uneducated drivers going into pick up produce for example they're not pulping the temperature of the product, right? Like if you're loading 32 degrees product, it should already be at 32 degrees, right? If you're loading it too warm or too cold, it's ultimately gonna get rejected at the receiver, right? So how do you protect yourself against things like that? 
So there's little, basically just like extra steps that need to be done that most people aren't exactly talking about all the time to sort of alleviate some of those pressures and those future problems where it's like, if we just had pulped the product at the shipper, got the temperature, we would have known that it was loaded too warm because they're coming straight in from the fields. It's hundred degrees outside. Right. And so we would have avoided a claim at the receiver, you know, and then whose fault is it, right? Like who do we start? And then, it, you know, everybody starts pushing blame and, you know, the arguments start, but, um, I think that like just showing up with a refrigerated trailer isn't a solution that, you know, like that doesn't mean that you're going to haul the product correctly. So it's like, that's what we're trying to communicate to our internal sales floor is that, yes, you know, we have the load, we're going to pick it up, but he, here are the additional steps that you need to make sure that you're checking so that we do successfully deliver the load. I like that because, um, I mean, personally, I loved it when temperature control freight went wrong, not for the claims purpose and not for the shippers, but because of the stories and the pictures that would come from it. So some of the stuff like, like, like you mentioned, even just like knowing what the temperature is when you go to pick it up, that can save so much headache that can save months of back and forth, back and forth with emails and trying to figure out like in the claims process, should something happen that saves so much time with that. Um, the most memorable one that I had was it was supposed to be, uh, that I saw was there was supposed to be, uh, like just refrigerated chicken. It was supposed to be fresh. It wasn't supposed to be frozen, but somehow it had gotten frozen in transit and they didn't know exactly if it was the reefer unit or what temperature it was. And like you said, when they picked it up, um, but they were like, they sent us the picture of the chicken and they were like, it's like this, but frozen. And then they stuck a pitchfork in it and you just saw the pitchfork, like hanging out the side of the frozen block of chicken. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's one way to definitely convey to me that it's frozen. <laughs> yeah. So I don't I love that for it. the claims, but I love the, I love the stories. Yeah. I've seen some stories over the last 12 years. It's been just when you think that you, you know, you've seen it all. It's like, nope, here's another one for you. Yeah. There's always, there's always one out there. I mean, yeah, sure. Melted ice cream, melted popsicles on a trailer. That's, kind of rookie stuff but it still warms the heart a little bit um definitely does not warm the bank account or the claims department um claims departments everywhere are like just make sure the temperature is correct yeah exactly uh, speaking of some funny stories what uh is the most difficult type of temperature controlled freight to move like kind of what is the one that if you're going to start moving it you kind of go oof okay we can do this um, so, I mean, not to keep talking about produce because you know, we can show some love to the meats and dairies and flowers. Hey, and all medical that. <laughs> and fr- medical exists for a reason too, but, right. uh, produce but anytime, is a walking. Yeah. It's anytime you're dealing with the, it's, it's a fresh perishable, but then also it's human consumable, right? So we're eating it. So there's all those regulatory things that we have to make sure that we're paying attention to. Which, like, as a consumer, very happy that all the regulations are there to make sure that I am, in fact, eating good things and I am, in (laughs) fact, eating, you know, not something that also held metal or something like that. Love that for me. But as, like, a former broker or a person that moves transportation, sometimes you're like, do we have to have all of these regulations? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You don't want to move that load of chicken and then go pick up a load of bloodest. Let's not do that. Exactly. We have enough E. coli salmonella recalls for a lifetime, please. Yeah. So I would say it's produce because that's also 
I mean, historically, that's also known for your mixer loads where you're doing three pickups in California. They're all different commodities at all different temperatures. How do you make sure that it's safe to transport those different types of commodities, not only together, but what temperature are you hauling it for? Um, you know, and then shooting across country, going through summer months, making sure that everything's okay until you make it to your final delivery. So I would say produce is probably the most difficult to manage, um, but that's actually in the reefer space. That's where I got my start. So it's not like scary to me at all. It's kind of like what you said earlier, you're just kind of thrown into it and you're like, we'll figure it out. Um, so it is like, it even comes down to certain commodities can't be loaded next to other types of commodities because they let off a certain gas that'll overripen the other one. I mean, it's like this whole it, there. I wish there was like a quick, quick guide to it, but there's not. I mean, it's just what it basically comes down to is is a gut check. Like after being in the industry for a while, it's like this doesn't sound right. You know, like we need to double check on this part of it because I don't think this can happen. <laughs> Yeah, the good old fashioned, uh, just kind of like good old fashioned tribal knowledge. Like, yes, putting avocados next to my bananas on the counter will make them ripen faster, but <laughs> you don't want to do that with 53 feet of avocados and bananas because that's how you're going to make a lot of people very angry. Exactly. But it's just also like until you take a step back and like really kind of, you know, look at everything, you don't even think about any of that. You're just like, oh, produce moves. Like it just, it just moves. It gets there, but I just go to the grocery store and I buy what I want. Exactly. (laughs) And like, oh, that's weird that, you know, like all the bananas happen to look bad at the grocery store today. Like that's weird. Um, But no, turns out there's a bigger story to it. So when it comes to going and finding a good, uh, a good temperature controlled customer, what are those hallmarks, those things that you look for that you're like, Ooh, this is going to be not that there are bad customers. There are just some that are more difficult to work with. So some, what are, what's like the hallmark of like a good temperature controlled customer that like, when you get like the information from sales or when you get a lead from somebody that you're like, Ooh, I actually really am excited for this one. I think that just the the freight world in general has made a massive shift shift on how do we become a, a shipper of choice? You know, like how do we become like how do we want drivers they want to come pick up at our facility? And so I think those are also the type of shippers that we're looking for to partner with. But also it's like every shipper has, you know, their list, you know, like the we need X, Y, and Z in order to successfully perform our duties as well. So I think being dynamic enough to work with different shippers and be like, okay, you need drop trailers, you need storage trailers, you need loading times at this or whatever, you know, whatever it is to make their business run as efficient as possible is what we're looking for. And it's mostly just a partner. You know, it's like, you have problems with packaging. We understand that we're here for you. We have problems with trucking. They understand that they're here for us. You know, it's a conversation back and forth. It's not just, you didn't deliver on time. so keep it, you know, it's like, well, we just went through a massive ice storm, you know, it's like, things happen on the road, things happen in the fields. And it's just the communication between the two that we're really looking for. Um, Because, like, it does happen, you know, and so we want to make sure that we're supporting all sides of the business. And, you know, drivers aren't robots, we have also have to be taking like what, what they can perform and how they can, how they can deliver the load. And, um, I think sometimes 
shippers and receivers and even brokers might take it for granted where it's just like, you know, this didn't happen. It's like, that's the end of the conversation. And it's, it doesn't have to be, you know, that cut and dry. Um, obviously, we want to perform at a high caliber. We want to make sure that the shippers that we are partnering with, if they're going into these large retail facilities and food service facilities, that we are supporting them and making them look good because, you know, they could potentially be getting chargebacks. They, they're, they're scored not just on the quality of their product, but also on how they, you know, how they, they're on time percentages. So we want to make sure that we're paying attention to, to all that stuff when we're, when we're partnering with new, with new customers. I um, I like it. I kind of feel like shippers are now in a more a different place than they were maybe ten years ago. They kind of have to they have to like care and they kind of have to be better uh, because everyone else has you know sort of like the shipper of choice awards is kind of cheesy as they are and sometimes you're like how do you really become a shipper of choice somewhere? But um, those those like those awards while they may seem silly to somebody else like that's automatically an easier sell to like. If, if I'm going to get a driver, well, you know, there's a pretty good chance that you'll be able to use the bathroom at this shipper, or they're not going to leave you and make you wait four hours to get loaded. And that's the little stuff that, especially, especially in the realm of, temp- of temperature controlled freight, if you have a bad shipper or a bad receiver, that's a really easy way to immediately jack up some of those transportation costs because nobody's going to want to go there without making sure that they're going to get paid well to go there and put up with all of that. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like most conversations that I have with customers nowadays is how do I become a shipper of choice? And it's great to start hearing that because yes, when I started, you know, 12 years ago, though, that was not the conversation. That it was, <laughs> it was, you will come here at this time. And if you're a minute late, we will laugh as the guard shack like closes the gate in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. So I personally am glad that, you know, the industry has seen the need to get some change and that, you know, it gets better because, um, yeah, that was, that was not sustainable in any way, shape or form, just, you know, being mean to everybody for the sake of, you know, rules for rules. Um, but we are almost out of time, but there is a question that we have brought over to this side of the world, to the temperature controlled world, um, that everyone that comes on the show has to ask. And it's a spicy one. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. <laughs> Is cereal ready. soup? Uh, short answer. I don't think so. Okay. Cereal itself, is is dry i think it, it's more like the soup aspect might come into like how it's prepared and how most people would eat cereal okay but i would go with cereal as being dry also the way that i eat cereal i put like the, the smallest amount of milk in it because i hate when it gets soggy yes yes i actually um <laughs> discovered that uh once upon a time back in college they had soft serve that worked in the morning so i would get soft serve vanilla soft serve and then put my cereal on it because then you can still have cereal and milk but this milk the cereal doesn't get soggy <laughs> it's a game changer i'm there not gonna go. lie there you go i'm ice cream is my favorite so I'm down for that. Yeah, it's um, it's it's wonderful. It's magical. But again, I also am not a big milk and cereal person. I think I will actually put milk in my cereal bowl three times a year, and I don't eat cereal that often. So, like, you know, it's not. I'm not a big milk and cereal kind of gal. I'm just a normal <laughs> cereal kind of gal. So, if anyone wants to slide into those DMs, take on your hot cereal take, or you know, get the four one one on how to get temperature controlled freight in their brokerage. Where can they find you guys? Yeah. Uh, easiest place to find me would be LinkedIn or going to our website, 
at arrivalogistics.com. Okay. You guys heard it here first. That is how you handle temperature control freight in your brokerage. I'm very excited. We got to finally do my personal crossover episode. Um, and thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It was fun. You can catch other episodes of Running on Ice right here on FreightWaves TV, YouTube, or anywhere you get your podcasts like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Need more Running on Ice news? Subscribe to the newsletter on FreightWaves.com slash Running on Ice. See you on the internet. Mm-hmm.